Hello and welcome to another episode of the Asian Seller Podcast. I'm your host, Megla Bhardwaj, and today we have with us Rish, who is an Amazon seller from India. Hi, Rish. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Megla. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for joining us, Rish. We've been connected on Facebook for quite a few months now, and I've been yes. following your journey. You know, you post very interesting videos and and um, you're also running a course, um, uh, I see on yeah. Facebook. So I thought I should get you on and learn a little bit more about what you're doing. And also, you know, hopefully you can provide some tips to our audiences about selling on Amazon US because that's where you focus Definitely. on. So as, a, as an Asian-based seller, what are some of the strategies to be successful on Amazon US? So before we dive into the questions, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and how do you help Amazon sellers? Perfect. Perfect. Thank you so much. First of all, Megla for the amazing introduction. And yeah, so, I mean, I've got a very crooked history, but I'll start wherever I, wherever I think it's going to get interesting. So I've done my uh, graduation uh, from a university called Bitspilani, but I had done that from my campus. My campus was based out of Dubai. So I was studying over there. That's where my graduation happened. And while I was in my third year, that is when I actually kind of, you know, uh, jumped into the universe of Amazon uh, just just in like I was actually in the process of helping one of my friends kind of get on the platform by helping him digitize his inventory and list everything on Amazon so that he can ca- kind of start exporting directly to customers. So that is the uh, that is how I got myself into this universe. And then from there on, uh, I've I've not really all like ever been hundred uh, percent into e-commerce itself. I've still went ahead and you know joined a startup to learn how do you actually build a company a technology company to be very specific so i did a lot of different kinds of internships i was a videographer once i've even stood up uh, and sold laptops and televisions for sony and uh, hp so i've done all those all sorts of things and i think those experiences kind of helped me uh, in a lot of things i do on amazon today and that is why I keep telling a lot of people that just go out there, try a lot of things and all those experiences will add up and it'll help you in, you know, uh, whatever you're trying to achieve right now. It, it could be Amazon, it could be something totally different, but you have to kind of get in, a, in the habit of getting a lot of experiences by interacting in all of these different avenues so that you kind of build that perspective and a collective intelligence around these things. Right. So you, when did you start your own private label brand? Yeah. So, uh, so basically I was doing, uh, the, my previous business model was obviously called dropshipping. I was just kind of listing products of which my friend, uh, kind of manufactured in his own factory based in India. And then, uh, I used to get orders. I used to basically, uh, replicate the orders on his website so that he can kind of, you know, send it directly to customers. And because he had his logistic system set up, it wasn't very expensive for us to ship it directly to customers in us from India. So that's how I started. And then I did this for about, I believe, two and a half years until the mid of 2016. And around that time, what happened was I I was getting a lot of hijackers on my listing. And this was happening for the first two years as well. But then uh, around that time, I was also transitioning into a different career path. I was getting into product management. And I wanted to kind of, uh, you know, uh, give my complete attention to that and understand, you know, how do you kind of, because that is a critical part in any technology company. So that's when I decided to just stop doing this uh, in 2016. And then around 2017, I kind of, you know, realized, you know, uh, it's like I'm in a spot where I've learned enough at my company. And now I need to kind of also build a 
you know, uh, a second source of income so that I can kind of be independent and chase the future ideas that I have. So that kind of got me motivated. I remember the date. It was August 5th. I was lying on my bed in Mumbai and I was sick. And that's when I kind of started to realize, you know, I'm actually making a lot less money than I used to make while I was there in Dubai as a college student. So that's, that kind of caught me and that kind of got me motivated to start looking into this. And because I had some savings at that point of time, I decided to just venture into a private label because this requires, you know, pre-investment. You need to kind of put in your money beforehand as opposed to what I was doing before. So that's another challenge that I had to kind of come across or jump uh, across in terms of the, the way you kind of think about these things because putting in money upfront is a completely different game than just kind of drop shipping products. Right. So in 2017 is when I started, it was uh, again, like I remember the dates, a October 18th, 2017, it was my sister's birthday. And that's when my product uh, kind of uh, became live. And the first quarter, like the, uh, the last quarter of 2017, the first uh, three months of my, me selling that product, I made about $13,000 in profit. So I wow. remember all, all these numbers because they were just like out of the, uh, out of the blue. Like I, I did my best and then I just kind of chased it. It was the first product that I launched and it just happened to kind of click as well because I was very, very conservative and something that I always kind of, you know, say when I talk about this launch phase was that I bought jungle scout for $197. That was the most expensive software I had ever bought. And then because they had a 14 day return, uh, you know, return policy, I had found my product on the 14th day morning and in the evening I requested that I get the full refund back so that I can put their money back in and get my inspection done rather. Yeah. Gosh. So where are you currently sourcing your products from? So currently all of my products are sourced from China. I've got four active listings. Uh, at the moment, two are two, uh, for, for two of them, I, I still have the stock, but two of, the, two of them are out of stock. So I currently source from China, but again, like you see current, the current scenario is completely changing. So with the next product and everything that I'm going to be launching ahead, I, I will consciously look into other markets before I kind of finalize a supplier. Right. Okay. So let's talk about your specific product research and market research process. And, um, you know, of course it's, it's more difficult for Amazon sellers who are not based in the U S or any marketplace for that uh, matter. You know, if you're not based there, if you're not part of the culture, it's very difficult to sell. For example, if somebody from the U S wants to sell on Amazon India, it's not going to be easy because you know, the culture is different and, and everything. So how do you approach your product research? Yeah, that, that's, that's a very good question, Megha. So uh, again, uh, the one single line answer for this is that I look at data and I do not make any guesses. Like I try to avoid as many guesses as possible by looking at the data. So the way I basically started is, uh, all right, let me just kind of picture it in a very simple manner for you so that everybody understands. I kind of break my product research of journey into three stages, starting with product discovery, which is your habit or your process of getting just a lot of product ideas without really thinking about whether it's a good or a bad, whether it's uh, whether it'll succeed or it'll fail. I like initially I tell everybody that don't think about those things because then you restrict yourself uh, mentally in terms of getting to a lot of product ideas at the first place, right? Because you need uh, need a lo- long list of products first, and then you can start getting into the product evaluation stage, which is the second stage that I have, wherein you can kind of you know, use various methods like looking at the data on Jungle Scout or Helium 10, looking at the market trends, 
in terms of looking at the, uh, the sales history of the sellers that are there on Amazon, which kind of gives you a good idea about whether they, whether the market has been thriving for a long time or it's just something that is just, uh, you know, catching fire at the moment. And then I also look at the data outside of Amazon and my favorite tool for that is Google Trends. Uh, so with Google Trends, what you need to do is you need to just go ahead, go ahead and type a few keywords over there, especially the root phrases for your product that will kind of give you the long-term search history of that particular search term, which intend, which basically relates to your product in the last three or three to five years. So that will certainly build a lot of confidence when you look at a market, for example, right? Because at that point of time, you will at least have this confident confidence uh, by looking at the data that, Hey, there is this market. It is thriving. It's not something that I'm going to be jumping in and it's going to get vanished in the next 50 days. Right? So you build those confidences and you, by looking at the data, right? So the, these are the things that I do before I move into the next phase, which I, which is something that I call product differentiation, wherein we figure out as a product, as an entrepreneur or as an Amazon FBA seller that how do we add more value? It could be in terms of packaging. It could be in terms of, uh, you know, improving certain aspects of the product by looking at and reading a lot of reviews on Amazon and understanding what are the pain points the customers are facing which will kind of give you some hints about, you know, maybe I should fix this quality of the product, or maybe I should improve this Y quality of the product that will kind of put you in front of the customers, wherein you can say that, Hey, our product has these two improvements, which is not available anywhere else. So that sets you apart in the first place. And that makes it a lot more easy for you to sell when you actually go live, because you can talk about these additional improvements or factors that other people may not have thought about when, when they had kind of started selling their listings, right? So product starting with product discovery, getting into product evaluation, where you kind of filter out a lot of product ideas, which are not a good idea in terms by looking at, you know, uh, if they have a good margin or not, can they be, uh, you know, sourced, uh, at a good price and uh, are they patented? Do they have certain kind of restrictions on Amazon? Is that a, uh, like, are you getting yourself into a category where it's going to be very difficult for you to sell? So all those things, so product discovery, product evaluation, and then product differentiation. That's my process. My, that's my funnel that I kind of use by default. And I kind of, you know, coined these terms very recently because I was trying to kind of build tutorials for people, but otherwise this is like, this has been my default since 2017, uh, like as far as I remember. Right. How do you suggest I and mean, where should people start? Because do you just yeah. type in a random, you know, product idea or like where do you get the idea from or what niche do you, you know, do you decide the niche? Okay. I want to do baby yeah. products and let me go see what's mm. happening in baby products. So where do you start? Right, right, right. So, uh, again, uh, I start, so I have certain inclinations towards certain categories, for example, uh, toys, uh, beauty, kitchen and uh, home, home and garden. So all of these categories are something that I find very interesting because I think that uh, if you have a product in these categories, it's going to be a bit easy for you to, you know, tell a brand story, create a presence online outside of Amazon and then kind of build your audiences around it. So I, I intentionally sometimes look into these categories. Recently I was looking into pets as well, because that's again a very emotional uh, connect that people have with their pets and they are like looking to kind of get a lot of products. So, what I would do usually is that I would just uh, start with certain keywords uh, on Amazon. So let me be a bit more specific. Currently, what I'm doing is that I am just, uh, you know, looking into the brand uh, reports. There is a section in 
Amazon sells something called, called brand analytics, wherein Amazon tells you, you know, what are the top X, uh, what are the top search terms that people are searching for. So that's where I'm starting at the moment. What I do is then I basically go ahead and type a certain keyword that would relate to my niche and filter down that list. So for example, I would open up the brand analytics tool. I would I would go to that uh, search list page that Amazon has. That's data directly from Amazon. Then I would just go ahead and type for dogs or just dogs. Okay, so that will kind of filter down that search list and give me a broad list of ideas of search keywords that people are typing, in order of their frequency of being searched on Amazon. Right. So that is that is going to be, for example, for my starting point. I would probably pick that keyword up. I would go to Amazon. I would type that same keyword on in the search bar. I would skim what products come up on the first page. And then after this, what I do is something that I call myself the rabbit hole technique, where I, what I would do is I would just go onto a listing. And then first of all, I would look at that particular listing, whether it's a good uh, you know, product idea or a bad product idea based on certain basic filters that I have in terms of just like simplicity of the product, it being at the right price point and things like that in the right weight range. And then once I do that, I would also go scroll down below on that product detail page and look at the related products that Amazon has, like sponsored products related to the item. I think that is the section title, and other products bought by customer or other products seen by customer. So I look at those two kind of areas because then then that would actually lead me to something that people would still want, but it may not be very obvious, right? So so that that's how I kind of get to products. This is. you can say the product discovery phase before i think about whether it's a good product or a bad product okay right right that makes sense and then for somebody just starting out are there any categories that you would suggest they should stay away from yeah so there are certain categories on amazon which is like uh like a default that you need to stay away from so first of all i think the category that i would stay away stay away from is clothing because again like for example clothing is something and i i would actually tell you the psychology behind this so that everybody understands once again so if you think about you know selling some clothing garment product let's say you want to sell t-shirts okay so when you go on amazon and you type in that you know you want a certain t-shirt or it could be like you want a avengers t-shirt for example so when that when you type that on amazon and you look at the search results almost every listing will be different right so what happens is that when you are trying to get in get yourself into a a space wherein everybody is trying to sell the sell a different thing and we are considering clothing in this example at that point of time i think if you think like a customer i have 100 options in front of me for example and now i need to pick one of those so my probability of picking the, a, a listing over there is 1% right 1 by 100 right but in case if i'm selling let's say for example drawer dividers and there are only a certain like a couple of different kinds of drawer dividers available right and let's say there are five of them right so if i'm looking at the listing again i'm still looking at 100 listings but my probability of picking one of those designs is 5 by 100 right so it's much higher compared to clothing and that is why uh, people say that you know clothing is saturated but they fail to sometimes explain as to why is it saturated so this could be a problem in clothing unless you already have an audience base unless you have a brand for which you're trying to create a t-shirt or unless you're running a movement which is actually big in itself and you you're just creating a t-shirt for that moment so uh you have to think about these things strategically so clothing could be one then of course like we all know that certain certain categories uh you know require certain certifications so again like if 
people have already heard about a lot of listings going down if they are anywhere close to pesticides, right? And then and, uh, you can almost get into any category, but you'll have to strategize or you need to have some leverage around that. For example, you can get yourself into electronics, but then you'll have to ensure that you have all the right certifications for that electronic product. If it has a battery, then it, it will definitely go into hazmat, for example, which is called hazardous materials on Amazon. So you'll need to kind of uh, put up a case together so that you can get through those gates to list that product on Amazon. So easy, uh, like basically it's easy for you to sell in certain categories. Like, you know, uh, if it's, if it's not very complicated or if it doesn't, it's not electronic, it doesn't really have, has a battery or electronic component or doesn't require a lot of certifications. So, uh, usually I would uh, like, like beginners to at least pick those simpler categories so that they get used to the entire ecosystem of Amazon and, and, and all things around Amazon, what happens, uh, when you kind of go ahead and list product and things like that. And then slowly and gradually, once you have some success, then you can kind of dive into, you know, a bit more complex categories like electronics itself, because in those categories, there is a bit less competition as opposed to the other categories because it's the barrier of entry is high. So what are some of the you know, launch strategies that you have? Let's say you finalize your product, you've done all the sourcing yeah. and everything and you're uh, launching it on Amazon. Like there are you know, different people talk about different strategies uh, Correct. Uh, and they're using you know, different kinds of URLs and everything. Right. And there are giveaways right. and there are a lot of launch services as well. So what right. kind of advice do you have or what's works for you? All right. So I'm smiling because this is a very good question and I always have a very specific answer. I've never changed my answer in the past. Okay. I don't believe in doing any sorts of, you know, uh, uh, giveaways. First of all, I've never done it for any of my products. Mm. My, I, I'll just straight away talk, tell about my strategy. So let's say I pick a product I've kind of shipped. I'm in the process of kind of manufacturing it and shipping it to Amazon. So at that point of time, I would have already figured out the brand name. I would have learned about the audience. I would have a clarity about who is going to buy this product, right? So when I have those clarities and as soon as I have those clarities, once I've finalized my brand, brand name and the colors and logo and everything, the first thing that I do is I go ahead and create my social profiles, especially on Instagram but I created on, on, on all platforms. Okay. And then I just start creating content for that. Okay. And while I'm doing that, that, so that is going to get me a small group of people who are going to be organically, uh, engaging with my social handles. Okay. So that's a small group of people that I can reach out to. I, I could probably have hundred, 200. I'm not really, you know, uh, putting a very unrealistic number here. So maybe a hundred, 200 followers on Instagram. So that, that, that is something that you can achieve in three to four weeks while your product is being manufactured at the factory, right? So that is a small base that I can reach out to. Next, I would go ahead and discover at least five to 10 uh, influencers. So when I say influencers, it doesn't really mean people on, on Instagram who have a lot of followers. That's again, something that I don't prefer doing because if you reach out to people who have a lot of followers, then you have to have uh, paid deals in place or paid sponsorship deals in place. So I reach out to people, normal people, uh, in my target country. Okay. And who have a decent audience, let's say in the range of 2,500 to 5,000 people. And then they have decent engagement on their, uh, social profile. So when I talk about engagement on Instagram, again, being more specific, let's say somebody has 2000 followers, uh, they should at least have like, you know, between 50 to hundred or maybe around 150 likes on average on their posts. That would mean probably that. So, uh, to put a number to it, 
uh, around between one to three percent. If they have between one to three percent likes, I, as opposed, uh, when you compare it with their number of followers, that means that they have a decent engagement on their profile. So I would find such people. Okay, that's a long, tedious process, but again, it's worthwhile. And I would, I would connect with them. I would talk to them, and I would schedule, you know, uh, them. Basically, they'll, I, I'll request them to go ahead and buy our products on Amazon once it's live. So I'll pre-schedule all of these things and uh, they'll buy it on Amazon. They'll probably talk about it on the social feeds and that'll probably get me some traction as a brand. So that's, that's something that I always do. And apart from that, it is just PPC. That is it. For influencers, why would they buy your product? I mean, are you giving them some incentive to buy the product or you know, are you like... Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So like I said, I am going to kind of give them a full refund for that. Uh, so they are going to basically get a free product that they can either keep or they can kind of run a contest for their, uh, feed or for their audiences, which kind of is a win-win for both of both the parties. And that is why I reach out to influencers or basically profiles or people with profiles who have, you know, between 2,500 to 5,000 followers, because they're, uh, sometimes most of them are really not looking for such deals. So they'll be surprised if I reach out to them and tell them that, Hey, you, you can get this free product. You can try it out. If you like it, you can keep it or you can even, you know, share it with somebody else or just give it away later on. But this is what I would want from you. So I do this strategy. This helps me kind of raise some brand awareness in the beginning. So even if people might not immediately, so I'm not going to look at, you know, how many sales did I get from these uh, deals that I set up? I will just look at, you know, uh, what kind of traction am I building for my brand? So, uh, again, to give you some data, what happened was I've been doing this for my first brand that I had launched on Amazon in 2017 and around the mid 2018, what I started noticing was people were slowly and steadily uh, starting to search for my brand directly on Amazon. And I was getting my product again on the first page for that particular keyword. And then people were converting almost immediately. So I was getting a lot of high, a very high conversion for that brand name. And then something else that also kind of started to kind of come up was that a lot of competitors started bidding on my branding. So that kind of got me, you know, build, uh, basically gave me some insight that, hey, this, this strategy that I'm doing on a month-on-month basis is working. So that's how I can, you can build some brand traction. And apart from that, my launch strategy is simple, uh, you know, optimized listing, uh, optimized listing in terms of keywords and images so that you can convert well and then going hard on PPC. That is it. I do not do giveaways. I do not use any special URLs. I don't, I, ha, I, I still don't know what pages I rank for, for my first keyword, but I've still sold more than 12,000 units in the last 15, 20 months. So it doesn't really matter. So uh, that, that's, that's basically how I kind of go about, you know, indexing and getting sales for my products. Right. So how many influencers, uh, you know, would you typically need to reach out to or like five, 10 yeah. or, you know, just a couple are okay. Yeah. So this, uh, I keep doing this on a month to month basis every month. Okay? okay. So for my current brand that I have, even, even if it's like, you know, so I, I never stop doing that, but when, when you're in the launch phase, you might need, so I said five to 10 because I need that five to 10 reviews in the beginning. Okay. okay. So, so because I'm finding random people on the internet, they're buying my product at full price. They are basically eligible to drop in a review an honest review. Uh, when they receive the product. So I kind of instruct them to do that later on. And that is the part of the deal that I have with them. So that's how I get my initial bunch of reviews as well. I also enroll my product in the early reward program. And that is it. That is the strategy that I have. After that, all of my reviews, I would expect to come organically or from that uh, request for review button that we have now. Yeah. 
totally makes sense. So let's talk also about branding because you talk a lot about branding in your course and that's something that you, you know, focus on and try to teach people. So what is yes. it that you want to tell people about branding and, and its importance? Yeah. Okay. That's a good one again. Uh, yeah. So for branding, uh, again, I actually just talk about it out of passion a lot. And because I am very keen on looking at trends and taking the leverage of attention on the internet, uh, I, I, you must have seen a few posts of mine as well. I just kind of randomly post about, you know, what trend did I observe and how can you leverage it uh, by keeping it in congruence with your products brand or your e-commerce business. Or even if you don't have an e-commerce business, you can still take the leverage of that, uh, you know, trend that is happening on the internet. So when it comes to branding, it starts with uh, customer research. So whenever you're picking up product, before you go ahead and, you know, place your order with the supplier or before you even decide to launch it, you need to clearly understand who is going to be your target audience. Okay. So let's say I'm launching a toy product or I'm getting it myself into the toy category. I need to specifically understand what age group am I going to be targeting in? Who is going to be buying my product? So for example, certain products may be bought more by preschools or, you know, teachers or tutors as opposed to parents. Okay. Depending on what kind of product that you're trying to sell. And certain products could be by, bought by parents of special kids, right? So it, it, it needs to be very specific. You, you need to have that clarity. So when you, when you have that clarity, then uh, you can kind of design your product. You can kind of uh, set your branding or whenever you're creating posts or content for your brand, you can kind of, you'll, ha you, you'll have some clarity about what kind of content should I create? How should I design my product? What kind of color scheme should I be using? Now, of course, a lot of people might not have that kind of, you know, idea or sense of design. So at that point of time, at least when you have clarity about your audience, you can reach out to somebody who's an expert in that field or who knows better than you. And then you can take their help and they would be help you in the right direction. They would be able to help you in the right direction because you would probably provide them with the right data. Right? So that is the beginning of the branding. And then it, you know, draws down to what kind of posts that you create, what kind of content are you posting out? How are you communicating through emails to your customers and all sorts of things? Right, makes sense. So um, let's say somebody in India they want to start selling on Amazon US and you know selling yeah. globally. What kind of investment do you think they need um, in terms of, of course, you know, inventory that they need to buy or, or marketing yeah. expenses? But what is a you know good amount? Can someone just start with? You know, I'm just going to talk in rupees over here, but sure. you know, 20,000 rupees, is that enough? Or in your view, like how much is it? Yeah, that will probably, so 20,000 definitely wouldn't work for private label. Uh, it, it has to be a bit higher because uh, again, talking in terms of data, if you, if you, let's say finalize a product, you would probably figure out, you know, what kind of average sale, average monthly sales are people getting on the first page. So that is going to kind of help you set some benchmark uh, and give you some insight as to how many units do you need to order to test this market correctly. So that is again, somewhere like that is again a point where a lot of people fail because they would probably order half of that average or sometimes even a two, uh, like a lot more than that average. And that would block their money. If they, if they order half of that average, then, uh, by the time they finish up their inventory, they wouldn't really have a clarity whether this worked or not, because most times they might probably still be in, you know, a net negative in terms of their profit uh, when they're launching their product. So let's say there is a market average of 300 units per month for a certain keyword that you're looking at on the first page, then you need to order at least 300 or three, between 300 to 500 units. 
So that is what I would usually order. And this is how I kind of do my math. So that then that gives me a good playground and a good batch of inventory to test the market with, because I will have to go heavy with PPC. I will have to go heavy with marketing. And uh, if I don't have enough inventory, then I wouldn't be able to reach a point where I can at least reach a break even and tell myself, Hey, this is working. I've got extra reviews with this first batch of inventory. I've tested the market. I've got the investment back. Maybe I've made a few dollars as well. Let me order another batch. So you'll, you'll not have that clarity unless you, you know, order the right amount of quantity, right? Now, coming back to your question about the investment, again, you'll have to do the math, but uh, I launched with around, I think it was again, 350 or 500 units. Uh, and it, it, again, in INR, it was about 2.7 lakhs for me. So, so that's US dollars is how much? We'll just let's just give out both. Approximately three thousand, I suppose. Okay. Approximately, okay. yeah. And that Around was your that, cost of inventory, right? That was my cost of inventory, including my shipping and inspection. And uh, that is that is uh, that is how much I invested. And my goal, and this is again that every beginner should have in their mind, is that your goal with your first batch of inventory or during the launch should be to just get your money back. That is it. If you're making even one dollar more than that, you should be happy about it. But uh, don't aim to kind of you know make a lot of profit in the first batch because you that that will not work out because you're launching a fresh listing on the uh, Amazon's platform or in in general in in your brand and that will require a lot more investment in the initial stages when you're you know getting it in front of people using PPC using external ads using you know influencer deals or whatever so. All those things will pull you back to the negative. But the reason that you need to kind of order enough inventory is to again, kind of use those extra batch of, in, uh, you know, part of your inventory to kind of balance that cost out. Right. So that is, that is how I can, I, I would do the math. And uh, one important metric that every beginner should kind of look at when they are picking up a product and, you know, finally deciding to launch that is that you need to have really good margins on that invent uh, per, per unit. So, mm -hmm. My, my goal always is to have any product at least a margin of $10 per unit. Okay. And, uh, that, that would be my baseline because again, that margin itself would help you run a lot of ads. Okay. It's not when you're going to start your marketing, as soon as your product hits Amazon, you're not going to start paying it out of your pocket. You're going to be paying it out of your margin first, right? You you will only pay it out of, out of your pocket when you've exhausted everything and you uh, you know, you've probably finished your inventory or you've kind of reached a point where your numbers are probably going into the negative side. Only then you would actually, you know, start paying out of your pocket. So if you don't pick a product with enough margin, then that, that phase of put paying out of your pocket would come much earlier. Right. So do you see in India that there are a lot of people who are interested in selling on Amazon US nowadays, or are they, more people just yeah. focusing on Amazon India because the local e-commerce market is growing pretty fast too. Yeah, uh, that is uh, correct and incorrect at the same time. In e-commerce in in India is definitely growing very rapidly. I am very much uh, you know in congruence with that statement. But selling on Amazon in India is a whole different game as opposed to selling on Amazon in the U.S. Because in India there is gen there is a generic mindset across all sorts of groups that if you are, if you order something, you receive it. And if you don't like it, uh, I can return it. Okay. And I can kind of get my money back. So that return tendency in India and the rate of return in India is much higher as opposed to in the U S. So 
in the US, uh, what I usually advise people is that you just need to be transparent with your information, with your pictures and with all the details that you provide to your customer through your listing. If they have that information and they're still ordering it, then the chances of them returning the product is much lower. So sometimes people tend to kind of just copy a lot of information and then that would not match with your actual product that the customer receives. That would obviously hit your, uh, you get you a lot of returns and that kind of behavior is much higher in India. So again, coming back to the response to your question. Yes. A lot of people are trying to sell in India, but in India, the strategy is that you, you have to create a brand so that you can charge a premium to your customers. And if you're just competing with other sellers on Amazon, then it's not going to really work out for you because I have kind of had one-on-one -on -one discussions with a lot of people who are literally, you know, in the range of selling millions per month, but they probably have like seven to 10% profit. So I don't really like that kind of math. Okay. I, 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 what I can like, there's a metric that I kind of uh, consider for myself is, and that is called return of investment in terms of effort. So if I'm putting, you know, X effort in India, my return on investment would be much lower as opposed to the same in effort that I've put in doing that same pro same sort of, you know, uh, business launch in USA because the currency rate is much different and all those things. So whenever somebody comes to me, I always advise them that, you know, if you're confident enough and if you can kind of, you know, afford it, I would rather have you launch in USA than in India because uh, you can kind of make a higher return on your investment of your effort, of your time and your investment as well. Okay. So you also talk about sustainable success in, in your course yeah. and you know, to your students. What exactly do you mean by that? So when I say that, uh, it again basically means uh, that when you launch a product, first of all, it has to be backed by data. It has to have certain consistency in the market, some stability in the market so that you can at least aim to sell it for 12 to 15 months because there are always going to be certain life cycles of product. And if you're not getting yourself into a product, which is extremely generic, which can almost sell for at least the next three, four years. Uh, like for example, if you're starting to sell, you know, a garlic press that might not go out of, you know, uh, uh, you know, trend in the next couple of years as well. So, uh, when, whenever you're picking a product, you need to at least, and like, keep that life cycle in perspective. That is what I call with sustainable, you know, growth. And again, like you have to start building your brand so that even if, you know, things go south on Amazon, which has happened to me many times. And just a day ago, my listing again went down for some random reason that I've never, like, I haven't even figured it out yet. So that happens on Amazon. So if you have you know, your presence of brand, or at least you're putting a part of your time and investment in building a brand outside of Amazon. So that is going to help you, you know, uh, grow and scale later on as well uh, in both uh, universes on Amazon and off Amazon. So uh, that is what I talk about. So you have to basically, you know, intentionally put some effort towards building your brand so that you can kind of, you know, build it like an actual business and keep adding more products to it and keep serving your customers or your niche or audience, uh, even if you're not on Amazon or you're on Amazon. Okay, awesome. That was uh, some great advice. So why don't you tell us a little bit about Republic of Sellers and uh, what you do over there? What kind of services yeah. do you offer? Do you have a course? Do you do face-to-face -face courses or is it just an online course? Yeah, so uh, Republic of Sellers is my brand under which I operate a lot of different things. And one of the products that we launched under that is an education program for learning how to sell private label 
products on Amazon or off, off Amazon. So that is called private label school. You can check it out at privatelabelschool.com itself. Uh, right now it is very much inclined towards launching products on Amazon, but in the next few months, I will be adding more information about, you know, how do you launch your own standalone stores? How do you, you know, you know, uh, scale up your brand and you, how do you market your products outside of Amazon? So that's what is happening with private label school. And apart from that, with Republic of Sellers, my brand, my idea is to basically build a community of entrepreneurs wherein people can uh, get the right information, uh, be it about Amazon, be it about private label or be it about anything. It could be just about marketing. It could be just about branding. It could be just about starting any sorts of businesses. So that is my ambition with Republic of Sellers. That's where I'm heading at. And uh, since you asked about that, another product that we are going to be launching very soon is a software app, a software product. It's a mobile application that we are coming out with. And that is something that you can use as well, Megla. That's what I'm trying to come at. I would appreciate you to be in the beta group as well. It is called AudioPod. We are still working on it. The website just went live yesterday. And uh, it's going to basically help you just record your voice and post it on any social media platforms, which is not possible today. So. Okay. So yeah, uh, we are doing a lot of different things. Republic of Sellers is going to be, in my imagination, is going to be like a holding company which does a lot of different experiments. And these are a few experiments that I'm trying to chase. Okay, that sounds great. great. So a lot of the uh, people in your community are global sellers. So you're not specifically targeting like sellers in India or, or anything no. like that, right? You have no. like a global no. community. And even in the, pri uh, the Republic uh, right. private label school, I think a lot of your students are actually global sellers, right? Right. Awesome. Right. Cool. Right. Okay. So this has been really interesting, Rish. Um, I'm glad we got talking and we, we did this uh, yes. podcast. So thank you very much for joining us over here today. And, um, you know, before we go, do you have any final words that you want to say or any advice that you have for people who are maybe just thinking of starting their Amazon journey? Yes. Uh, again, this might sound a bit cliched, but the most important factor which might make it or break it for you is honestly patience because if you don't have patience you might miss looking at the data if you don't have patience you might skip that inspection and if you don't have patience you might just launch right now when you don't even have enough funds to probably order enough or reorder products right so patience is the most important factor here i don't even honestly i don't even tell people to kind of join my program uh, of private label school unless they you know have their mind in the right place first because i want to ensure that everybody who kind of comes in uh, at least has the right opportunity to succeed and then after that it obviously comes to you know how well are they executing right so that would be my you know one word advice that you have to have a lot of patience when you are getting yourself into amazon fba or honestly any sort of business great advice all right. Thanks a lot, Rish. And I hope to see you around. Take care. Thank you so much, Megla, for having me. It was great talking to you. Awesome.